Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Patty Lavely, CIO at Gwinnett Health System. In this segment, Lavely talks about why it can be difficult when there's a lot of input in the EHR selection process, how Georgia's HIE has grown its reach while keeping care local, and the challenge in moving forward with an EHR system that's being sunsetted. Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. So to get us started and, and get a little bit of background information for our readers and listeners, um, can you just talk a little bit about uh, Gwinnett, just as far as uh, you know, the number of hospitals, beds, things like that? Yes. Um, Gwinnett Health System is a – we have two hospitals, 553 beds, but we also have inpatient rehab and a long-term care facility as well as numerous ambulatory offerings with outpatient surgery, outpatient imaging. We have uh, uh, our first multi-specialty center, and we, have, um, we employ several specialties and primary care. And as of last year, we began our first year with family medicine residency program, and this year we have our first year with our internal medicine residency program. So we're very excited about those two new programs. Okay, and is that affiliated with the university? Um, it is not. No, it is um, really. Uh, it's a Gwinnett Health System residency, and um, we we work with a couple of the the uh, universities around the state of Georgia, but we take residents from all over the world, actually. Okay, is that something that you hope to uh, continue to build? We do plan to expand it. Yes. Oh, great. Okay, and you're located in Georgia. Um, where, uh, what type of area? We are in the metropolitan Atlanta area, uh, northeast okay. of the city of Atlanta. We're in Gwinnett County, which is a fairly populated county of almost a million residents. All right. Now, um, in the hospitals, uh, what type of uh, EHR systems do you, system do you have in place? Well, we currently have McKesson Horizon Clinicals, which um, are going to be sunsetted in 2018. So we're in the process of making a selection to replace our enterprise system right now, actually, as we speak. Okay. What point of the process are you in right now? We are um, still narrowing it down to vendor of choice. We had all of our demos um, over in April and May, and um, we are scheduling site visits for July. We plan to be down to two vendors by the end of this week, actually. Okay. So that's big. Um, mm -hmm. And what type of um, group or committee uh, do you have like, that's, that's um, working on this? We have a steering committee, which is made up of really our executives and a couple of physician leaders, um, and it is chaired by our system chief operating officer. And then under that steering committee is the selection team, which is really a multidisciplinary team of director level, uh, some vice president and executive level, as well as just some subject matter experts that are sort of not necessarily in a formal leadership position, but have become leaders in the organization. Um, we have uh, approximately 30 people on that selection committee, and, and I believe we had probably upwards of 200 people attend our demos. So it's a pretty broad process. We're trying to um, obtain as much input as possible. Right, which certainly makes sense, but I would imagine that it is 
it, it can get difficult because when you have so much <laughs> input, um, it can be tougher to make a decision. Well, it's harder to sort of work through all the the data and and really determine you know what the favorite was or yeah. or sort of what the issues are so yeah and and we're also finding because of all that input you know another one of the challenges is we have a lot of follow-up requests and so we're having to circle back with the vendors to to follow up um, because we had so many disciplines represented they weren't all equally um, demoed I guess, and so we're we're working on that follow up now, actually. Okay, that's always an interesting thing. I mean, it, it, you can't really get get a, a bigger <laughs> decision than that, and uh, with with so much that goes into it, that's uh, that's pretty. Uh, that, I can imagine that that that's a very big focus right now. It is, and I think the amount of change that will occur as a result of this implementation is probably the largest scoped project that Gwinnett has ever encountered. I mean, even, and Gwinnett has built new hospitals and things like that, but if you think about just changing everything in the existing organization, pretty much all at the same time, we'll phase in some things. Um, it's major. And so I, people are really starting to gain awareness of just how big this really is. And um, yeah. And I, I think that there is a desire to really spend the time and the effort to do it as I, I was going to say do it right, but maybe as as well as possible. Right. <laughs> There's yeah. always some bumps. Yeah. Now uh, at this point, what systems are in um, the ambulatory setting? We have next gen is our. Um, sort of our standard um, practice management EMR for our employed physicians mm -hmm. and for our residency clinics. But because we are in an acquisition phase, we have acquired practices and we still have their products. Um, and then we have a um, pretty large cardiology practice that uses a, a niche product called GEMS. And so, um, and then we have two other EMRs that came along with the practice. So we really have four. We have two that in the current um, standards environment, they were considered go forward, which was next gen and gems. And then the other two were to phase out. But at this point, we are looking to replace both next gen and gems with our enterprise solution. Okay. So we're hopeful that at the end of the implementation we'll have one ambulatory EMR, which would be new for us. Yeah, and that is certainly a, a tough thing when you're talking about the, the cardiology practice and, and meeting mm -hmm. that need as well. I'm sure that's... that's well, it priority. is, and, and we have to determine if we can, you know, if the vendors can actually meet that need. We're, we're not quite there yet, although we had some favorable results from the demos as far as the cardiologists go, so mm -hmm. I'm hopeful. Okay. And then as far as the practices that you've been bringing on board, is, has that happened like pretty frequently or what's kind of your strategy there? We are focusing this year on primary care and we plan to add, I believe it's four practices this year. Um, and the practices in this area are small. They're really like one to three providers for the most part. There are some larger ones, but... Um, so when I say four practices, that, that may be four providers that could be, you know, eight providers. So it, the, the numbers aren't large, but the work effort to bring on a practice is pretty similar. And um, 
So that is our focus. We have added some other specialties, but our, our focus really is on primary care. Okay. Are you, is your organization participating in any um, health information exchange at this point? We have developed a, a private um, HIE for um, Gwinnett, and it's called GMC Health Connect. Mm-hmm. And um, we're in the process right now of connecting to our um, the Georgia State HIE. Okay. What's the uh, what's the state HIE? It's called GHIN. Okay. It's G A H I N. Okay. Okay. And is, is that something where um, I would guess that it was just a matter of you know getting getting the data exchange kind of within within the system uh, to to a certain point before kind of going outside of it? Well, yes, that's part of it. Um, we have, we use Relay Health for health information exchange, and initially um, when it was implemented, it was used for just distributing results to our, um, to our physician community. And so uh, we replaced faxing and mailing with, um, with the results distribution um, capability of Relay Health, and and then we began adding um, providers, including our own and community providers, um, to the health information exchange, um, which we which provides them with a patient portal for their patients, as well as we can exchange um, clinical summaries or CCDAs, and um, <clears throat> we can also do secure messaging between the practices. So we have, we're, we're still adding on there, but we, we do have all that going. And the state really has probably um, in the last two years really has started to, to create a, an HIE that's, that's very um, valuable to, to us. And it will actually, their, their model is sort of a, a network of networks. And they really want to connect local or regional HIEs together versus individual hospitals or providers. And so uh, some of our major metropolitan hospitals are already connected to the state HIE, and that would, once we're connected, would allow us to share um, medical records. So we're very excited about that opportunity. Okay. That, that's a strategy that seems to make sense. There's been so much talk about the HIEs over the years, and you know, really wanting them to be structured in a right, in the best way for not just sustainability, but really being able to, you know, facilitate that that data exchange. And it, that seems like a sound strategy. It is. We, um, I was on the very early planning board for um, the state of Georgia, very early, like. Uh, probably eight years ago, and, and we spent several years developing what the model would look like. It has evolved, and, and it has changed some, but we were, at the time, all of the stakeholders felt very strongly that it should be a public-private um, entity versus a, you know, a part of a governmental agency, which it is. They were able to do that. And then this idea of a network of networks, because we really felt like at the state level, you know, that's not where the healthcare is delivered. It's really delivered locally, and and the HIE really needed to be local, and that the state could facilitate connecting, and then maybe doing some things like access to the Medicare or Medicaid um, 
information system, which it does, and it's actually connecting us to Social Security for processing disability claims. So there's, there's a lot that it's doing that's more appropriate for a statewide HIE where they, the actual health care is delivered um, locally, we're actually handling the exchange between our providers. So it, it makes sense, and they've done a great job. Okay. All right. And um, how are you positioned as far as meaningful use at this point? We are in our reporting period for Stage 2, which we really hope becomes 90 days. Right. Um, but we're, we're doing pretty well. I, I, um, we started a little late, um, but we are... Um, I think this is our third reporting year, so um, we've done pretty well. The, the, our physician practices actually just had their first year. They're two years behind the hospitals. It's challenging, though, and you know the fact that we're with a software vendor that is not a go-forward product, and so yeah. future enhancements for that product are regulatory only. Okay. And some of the functionality required for meaningful use, and especially this has become more problematic as we move to stage two, is not um, maybe well thought out in how the how the capability was added, and um, it it yeah. sort of makes the workflows very um, awkward and not intuitive, and that has been a challenge for us. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, we haven't really even started talking about, because we should be at stage three by the time we convert to a new system, what that looks like, how, you know, how you, because we'll go right into a stage three environment and have to keep all those numbers up for the transition. So that'll be interesting. That'll, I'm sure, require a lot of planning around that transition. Yeah. Now, when you talk about some of the, the, the challenges with workflow that, you know, the physicians are dealing with, um, how is that, uh, how are you guys working to try to resolve it, at least for the time being? We have, um, we have an informatics group that leads sort of all of our efforts around um, developing new workflows and optimizing existing workflows. We also have, um, we, we have a group, we actually call them our CPOE operations team because that's what they came out of. And it's a multidisciplinary team that really looks at all workflows, whether it's meaningful use or CPOE. They sort of just kept that name. And, um, but they're such a great resource for any kind of process that we, you know, we funnel everything to them. And then from a physician medical staff standpoint, we do have uh, a group that we call um, – we call them IPAC. I believe it's um, it's Physician Advisory Committee. I think it's Information Systems Physician Advisory Committee, and we took the S out because IPAC sounded better. <laughs> right. We can bring any we, – we meet monthly, and we can sometimes bring issues to them that we can't get resolved outside of that group. Is that the group, like IPAC, where they um, – that, that, that would kind of uh, deal with some of the – some of the concerns with like meaningful use like on the physician practice side? They do um, because they're made up of hospital-based and practice-based, actually private practice and employed practice. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's very specific to our employed practice docs, we have a, a group of 
just employed practice physicians that we go to because that's primarily right now um, next gen. Right. Okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.